Hello and welcome back to the Checkpoint Reach Podcast. I'm your host, Kelton, and today I'm joined by Matty. How are you doing, mate? Good, mate. Nice to be back on the podcast last week. Yeah. And you probably already noticed a little face appear- appearing in the top right of your screen. Well, wherever <laughs> if it is. is the top right. <laughs> yeah. It's been in hibernation for 12 months, but... <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> Here he is. Yeah, the sabbatical <laughs> is over, boys. Yes, yeah, Perks is back on the pod, and we got the old band back together. Technically, um, yeah. I can't remember. Was it us three at the start? Or was it Sud? Might have been at the start. It's it, it flipped. I, I, I was a week late, but I'm I'm still one of the founding members. There you go. So I, I waited for Sud to leave, and now I'm back. <laughs> Don't put it like that. <laughs> that is categorically not true. Um, it just, That's true. Yeah, I mean, he's nodding, but it's a lie. It's just timed up that way. <laughs> but how have you been, mate? Good to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. The today seems like it did twelve months ago. It's the way of the world these days, and uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, chat some gaming news because uh, obviously that is what we do on the podcast. So uh, let's jump in, shall we, to the first topic of the day which is going to be uh, related to microsoft bethesda acquisition reportedly partly responsible for stadia studio closes or closures um it says here the landmark bethesda acquisition was reportedly a factor in google's decision to close its stadia game development studios a report from kotaku says that google stadia general manager phil harrison brought it up as a factor during a q a with staff following google's decision to shut down their internal studios in los angeles and montreal in earlier february so, <clears throat> obviously, this is a topic that us guys wanted to talk about because, essentially, we got a lot of hate last time we spoke about Stadia because we were saying it was essentially doomed. <laughs> and, weirdly, I actually think all three of us were on that podcast as well last time we spoke about Stadia. I know I was because I went hard on Stadia being a, a bad idea. Yeah, you did. I thought Matt was bad there, idea. but maybe he wasn't. But we did go in hard and we got a lot of dislikes, so... Let's chat about Stadia again, fellas. <laughs> it's been an absolute, well, catastrophe, it would seem. Is this one of those, I hate to say I told you so, but you don't actually hate to say it? I think it feels that way, mate. <laughs> I like how they've they've basically just decided to can their first party studios for no reason and then cite Microsoft's acquisition as as like the main or one of the, the big reasons for doing it. That is so bizarre. That just feels like they were going to do it and they were going to do it and they were thinking about it and they were like, oh man, what, what can we say? What's the reason for, for closing our first party studios? Oh, Microsoft did a good thing. Let, let's blame them. It, it it's so odd. weird. Like, unless there's something we don't know about or that nobody knows about, because by all reports, it's just like, a, huh? How does that affect what you're doing? Uh, other than like, oh, well, we can't compete with that. Yeah, those are essentially strange. just quotes. Um, and literally from Harrison himself just said pointed specifically to Microsoft's buying spree and planned acquisition of Bethesda as one of the factors uh it just seems a very odd thing to because that could happen in the gaming industry at any point yeah so it means what if it just happened down the line it was over if you're talking about a race you know Microsoft were maybe 80 percent of the way to the finish line already in winning this battle of the you know, what the streaming platforms, you know, because xCloud, it works for one. And Stadia works as well, to be fair to it. So let's be honest, the, the hardware, the technology is is at a point where it's finally starting to work and, and finally starting to be usable. But Microsoft already has the back catalogue of, you know, thousands of existing games that, you know, 
they don't have to really pay anything for because they're already on Game Pass. Um, Google obviously is maybe starting the race, the hundred meter sprint, and and they ran one meter and then just decided to give up. <laughs> it's like the the, the race yeah. was was already. We tried, Microsoft boys. We're already winning, you know. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make any sense that this is apparently the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like that's it's very bizarre to me. It just it smells of. I think eventually it will just be sold because mm. I think the the servers and the technology behind Stadia, if you look especially at recently at Cyberpunk, one of the best, you know, easiest ways to play Cyberpunk at its best settings was, was to use Stadia. So, mm. you know, the technology works, but to just, to just give up on it like that at a whim just screams to me that they haven't really got the full backing of, of Google and they'll probably just, you know, sell the brand at some point. I was, uh, yeah, I was going to ask you actually about that with Google because I thought this this felt really odd to have a name like Google behind the project and for it to just go out on a whim like this or with, uh, with a whimper because Microsoft bought <laughs> an existing company or studio. I find that really weird. Do you not? Do you not? Did you not think like Google would try and fight back in some way and rather than giving up at the first sign of competition? Yeah, I, I guess I guess I did, but. I mean, they probably just looked at the numbers and you know seen how few people have adopted Stadia and just the value proposition. You know, if you look at X Cloud with Game Pass Ultimate for twelve pound a month compared to any of Stadia's packages, they're just getting blown out of the water on, on value proposition. So it's uh, they probably just looked at it and, and, and thought, you know what, we're, we're better just pulling the plug on it now as opposed to losing any more money and just throwing it down a black hole, really. Mm. I think it's really funny how there's the there's the quote in the article that we, we were working off that, that says about a week ago that all the first party guys had received an email from Harrison saying what a good job they were doing and keep up the good work, all that kind of stuff. Oh. And then a week later, they're canned. <laughs> that that oh. is pretty poor. That, that is just such typical <clears throat> industry work, isn't it? I mean, crazy. It's like but, as if he literally sent out the email and he's like, yeah, really happy with that. Turns around, turns his TV on or whatever, <laughs> goes on the on Google and he's like, what? Microsoft? Right, no, it's over. I'm done. And it's over. <laughs> we tried. Good effort. I think it's it's going back to, to Matt's point though, like w- within your own framework, and, and then this is what my biggest, well, one of my biggest points with it was in, in the first instance, was that not everybody has the framework to be able to use Stadia to its full potential. So the audience that they were going for, like, fair enough, if you live in an area and you have your own setup that's, that's capable of getting the most out of it, it's great. But if you don't, why would you throw away your existing library of, of anything, whether you're like an Xbox player or, or a PlayStation player, even like PC players? Like, why, why would you stop doing what you were doing and give up all the things that you own to go and invest in Stadia? Why? You're going you're gonna to rebuy everything that you've already bought? If, if you're into the catalog of games that they had, because they didn't have many. I yeah. know they plan to add loads more by the end of 21, but we're at the beginning of 21 here. It felt very so, niche, didn't it? Very niche peop- uh, category yeah, of people, like, audience uh, that they were going in, for. In, in the modern era, like, we all we all hate it. You get a new game and there's like a 100 gig update on day one or like a 100 gig overall with the installation and day one patch. That's horrendous. Like, obviously it's great. You get to load up and you get to play within minutes. Who doesn't want that? the amount of people that could actually get the most out of it was such a small number 
and you, you can see their engagement rates across all of their games. Like nothing is a success on Stadia. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been from the beginning. Even their biggest titles, <clears throat> that they just get blown out of the water by other platforms, which I guess was always going to be a thing. But there's no growth. It's just been a low engagement rate to begin with. There's they're not on the rise with anything in particular. So you can say the writing was on the wall before this even got off the ground. Yeah. We we certainly had our opinions that it would be that way, especially after we seen the um, business model. I can't quite remember now how much it was, but it was a pretty hefty subscription fee, wasn't it? Just to be able to play games once you bought this, um, obviously purchased the console itself. Yeah, you had to purchase the console itself, and then you could buy like one of the number of different packages. I can't remember what they called it. It was a Stadia Pro or something oh, like that. Yeah. Or, yeah whatever it was and, and then you could like increment up with, with whatever suited you best but we, like for, for existing gamers and for, for gamers who play on on a regular basis like whether it's on any of the platforms why would you why would you leave all that behind and this is it, it just feels like 12 months ago when we discussed this mm-hmm. why why would you leave all that behind and the answer is you wouldn't and the answer is nobody did like people tried Stadia as a novelty. I remember watching loads of videos at the time and, and people were running like compare and contrast videos, like side by sides with, with the current gen consoles. And you know, Stadia held up, it, it did okay. It had a few teething problems, like there was a few crashes and a few cuts, but I guess that's to be expected with the sort of dip into the market in that way. But where have they gone since then? I mean, to can your first party studios, you, you, you might as well cancel Stadia. How long has Stadia been out for as well? Is it end of 2018? It's like, is it that long? I don't know. No, it feels like a year and a half. Yeah, like a year, a year and a half. Sort of rough guess. I'm not sure of the exact dates, but like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, just touching on on what you said there, Perks. It's, I think streaming. I, I do sort of disagree with you in a, in a sense because I do think that streaming will become main, mainstream. But maybe not the the main way that people play games, but there will be a lot of adopters of it when 5G starts getting rolled out, you know, across, you know, the UK, Europe, America. When 5G becomes adopted by everyone, you know, I've seen it firsthand in Liverpool City Centre, like the, the one place where I could get 5G on my phone. I did a speed test and I had like 600 meg down and like 200 meg up, which is like, you know, 30 times my home broadband speed. So you'd have no problem streaming games on that sort of, you know, hyper fast, basically, connection through 5G. I just think at this point in time where most gamers already own a PC, already own a home console, already own, you know, a handheld, whatever it is, the value proposition to say to them, buy a a subscription service for Stadia where you can play the same games in a worse quality sometimes is is clearly just ludicrous. Streaming works at the moment for Microsoft, in my opinion, because it's it's an addition to what they've already, they already provide, you know, you've got your Xbox at home or your PC, and then you have the ability to stream games if you want. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, you know, that they're miles behind. Eventually Microsoft's xCloud will garner new adopters that, that maybe haven't played an Xbox game before and just want to, to play streaming. But that's still a few years away. And I think Stadia was so far behind the curve, maybe it's just just hit them that they, they'd probably never be able to catch up. 
um, and and this is probably you know I'm sure there are a lot a lot of other reasons, but that that has to be the main reason. Microsoft are their main competitor, and they are sh- showing no signs of stopping this sort of continuous barrage of, of acquisitions. You know that they keep mm-hmm. buying more and more studios. Every month you see that Game Pass has more and more subscribers. You know, the curve and the trend is going up for Microsoft, whereas the, the curve and the trend, probably no matter what Stadia did, would, would always that wider. It's not surprising at all that they're, they're going to pull the plug on it. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I'd be shocked if in a year's time Stadia existed. I said it a year ago. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> Just keep saying it every year. You'll be right eventually, probably. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> if you predict everything to go wrong sooner or later, you'll get something right. <laughs> but to be fair, though, you do touch on a good point. Like Microsoft are obviously are not just going from the angle of streaming. With Project X Cloud, they have their solid base of home consoles and their offerings of Game Pass, and you can just buy a game and play it as well if you don't want Game Pass. So they they obviously have that advantage. And Google Stadia did come in, all guns swinging with this streaming only platform. That maybe in a few years' time, once um, internet speeds catch up and five G's in, like you said, maybe we'll look back and say, yeah, they were ahead of the curve, but but in a you know the time was not ready for them essentially and maybe they would work maybe better in five years time or something like that i don't know don't know if you guys go along with that um method of thinking when it comes to stadia but that's how i see it because i feel like was it xbox one with that horror reveal and sometimes you look back now and you think oh yeah a lot of the stuff they were talking about has kind of been implemented now but obviously we're just in a better space for it people are, are in a better headspace as well to accept some of the features that are now commonplace in gaming whereas back then you know people don't like change and and they were going too hardcore on that change yeah i I think so because when you when you touch back to like the xbox one reveal like you had the whole like drm thing that made people lose their minds and rightly so like you've got to do it gradually you can't just go from being this is the one way and then the next day you wake up and there's a conference and boom like everything you know changes it has to get there gradually and you have to let the people catch up with what you're doing you can be ahead of the curve and it, it's 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 like that risk reward if you wait too long someone can beat you to it and it can work but the the reality is is that was that was obviously a terrible idea they went way too far down the line with it Agreed. stadia for me and, and and like you both just mentioned it like i did at the beginning about the framework like their infrastructure is incredible like they could provide a level of service that the others can't but as consumers you can't make the most of it unless you tick a number of different boxes and like fall into the exact right criteria. And that, that's like, there's like a wall in the middle, mm-hmm. you know? And that, that, that to me was the, one of the biggest problems that I had from day one. Whereas you want to buy an Xbox or you want to buy a PlayStation or whatever you want to buy, you just buy it and then you make the most of it and it's done. Like Stadia is like, you, you buy the console or the controller was like ridiculously expensive as well. Yeah, it was actually. Then you pay a subscription fee to play the games that you probably already own on other devices. Then you've got to hope that your own framework and infrastructure can cope with the demands that it's going to be put. Like it's just a mess. And in five years time or or less, when everyone does catch up, like Matt was alluding to, like when, when 5G comes into play in, in more areas. Yeah. Like, Something like that, whether it's delivered by Google or Microsoft or Sony, whoever, that's probably going to be commonplace. Mm-hmm. But right now, 
and and like a year and a half ago, it, no one was really ready, or a small percentage of people were ready for it. Yeah, I could only imagine trying to play Google Stadia on my internet. <laughs> just it just wouldn't go well, and that's why obviously it never appealed to me. And, and yeah, we pretty much been Xbox, I guess, for many years now. I've got a PS5 myself now, though, uh, but I do still have a Series S, so. Stadia just isn't really needed, in my opinion. Were, were you guys ever tempted to try Stadia? Not even try. It. No, <laughs> says, says a lot, you know. Says a lot that I, I literally didn't even try it. I, I had a, an option to to get a free trial as well, mm-hmm. um, just because I'm not sure Google probably targeted me because you know <laughs> I said I said games in enough emails or something like that, and they were just playing <laughs> on my Google Chrome browser. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is this is the thing. Like all joking aside, like no one in this room thinks that Stadia doesn't work. You know, like it works. There's only you in there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 how do you know? How do you know mate? Come on. <laughs> you know, nobody in this virtual meeting room. <laughs> Nicely <I> put. <laughs> thinks that stadia is is a, a complete and utter failure in in its implementation like I, I know stadia works you know i've seen it work i've got no doubt that if i'm sitting next to my router i could get it to work that's not what we're saying we are saying it, it in its current form for a gamer that probably already owns a console it is completely pointless you know you're not going to sit there and think oh you know today i don't think i'm going to play cyberpunk on my gaming rig i'll i'll get my tablet out and stream it on, mm. on stadia that that thought's never going to come through people's mind and it's um it, it it will like it like we've said catch on in the future but google are too far behind they needed to collaborate with someone else to have those ips to have that back catalog of games and maybe it will come back in the future but certainly in the short term i i would be very surprised if um if, if we see it carry on you know in, into the near future yeah I would echo those sentiments and probably a good place to, to leave the Google Stadia debate, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> if any of the Stadia fanboys are listening well, again. It, no. <laughs> we, we said Google Stadia enough, so the YouTube bots will automatically dislike <laughs> the video. <laughs> yeah. Send it out the to the army. Gonna get us. <laughs> <laughs> probably is, mate. Probably is. But um, yeah, we've given our thoughts on Stadia, so you'll have to let us know in the comments below if you are watching on YouTube. Your thoughts on Stadia, obviously last time like we touched on, you didn't agree with us, but I don't know, maybe your opinions have changed. But um, let's move on to the second any- article of the day anyway that we want to discuss, and that is Xbox Series FPS Boost. Five Xbox One games now run at two times frame. Uh, Microsoft today lifts the lid on its brand new FPS Boost technology, a series of system level tweaks that allow a leg- uh, allows legacy Xbox One titles to run with twice or even four times the frame rate on Xbox Series consoles. And then they list some games here like Far Cry 4, Watch Dogs 2, UFC 4, Sniper Elite 4 and New Super Lucky's Tales are the first five titles to support the new feature. Uh, this article then goes on to talk about some other titles and stuff that will be getting a boost and whatnot. But uh, what do you guys think? Um, is this obviously a good thing, or are you guys not too bothered? Are you looking forward to going back to playing Sniper Elite uh, Four? I with personally can't wait rate? to go back and play the new Super Lucky Sale. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, no, that's, 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 that's exactly actually, what I want. 
that's actually doubled to 120 fps yeah so Ooh. you can look there so but like, yeah <laughs> it's um it's more just touching on the technology i think it's uh it's in an incredible place but more so like you know I just wanted to to really touch on on your guys' opinions. Obviously, you know, you've got a PS5, Elden. Mm-hmm. I've got a Series X. Pokes got a Series X. We're playing a lot more games at 60 frames per second, and it's something that we've been craving for nearly a decade, to be honest, because, you know, the tendency for console games as the generation goes on is to sacrifice frame rates, lock it at 30 just for that visual boost. And it, and it makes such a difference playing at 60 frames a second, 120 Completely FPS. Completely agree. Obviously, the, the difference between 60 and 120 is a lot less noticeable, but getting all the games up to 60 FPS is just uh, an amazing thing. And to, to have potentially the entire catalogue of 360 games, you know, I don't even know what sort of ridiculous technology this is to just to, to be doubling the frame rate on 360 games. But if it actually works and they get out on all games, it just makes backwards compatibility even more relevant and gives us a chance to experience, you know, some of the games that that we loved in the 360 generation in a you know an entirely new light, I guess. Oh, it's definitely like as you've told, it's a hundred percent a better gaming experience. Like I play, I had as you guys know, I had the Xbox One OG console until the release of the new consoles, and yeah, I mean, I was lucky if it stuck at thirty frame rates. Obviously, with the newer games, most of the time it dropped below that a lot of the times. So, moving on to consoles that have sixty, and like one of the biggest ones for me um, when the debate comes to resolution or FPS was. Uh, um spider-man miles morales uh, i don't know if you played that matt on the ps5 but yeah, yeah. you could obviously have performance mode or enhanced mode or whatever the terminology was for it i just always went to performance mode like it was like low low 4k and 60 fps was so much better in my opinion than like the high resolution 4k with 30 and the noticeable difference in it i just never wanted to go back especially for fighting yeah. games it's extremely jarring isn't it when you go from 60 back down to 30 in yeah. a short space of time, you can really notice it. Once it sets in and you start playing at 30 FPS for a little bit again, it, it sort of seems all right. But especially when you when you change from 60 to 30, it is jarring. And I, I think um, you know most people going forward would probably choose the performance mode in games. I know I certainly would. Yeah, you know, I, I really The difference between 4K and 1440p is really not that noticeable at all, to be perfectly honest. And I think most people would rather have 60 FPS in in most games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my take on that, it's it's funny you said the word jarring. I was sitting here listening to you guys thinking, it's so jarring, it's so jarring. And then that's exactly what you say. But when you're playing like the same genre of game, so I'll use like, if you're playing a first-person shooter game in 30 frames, and then you go to 60 and you go back to 30, my God, it's horrendous. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely <laughs> horrendous. And I've, I've been doing that for like the last year or something like that. Obviously, we were like massive on Warzone. I know, uh, Eldon, obviously you still play quite a lot, but I've come away from it now. But when I was playing Warzone at 60, and then I was going back to Destiny 2, which is like obviously a different kind of shooter, but 60 to 30, 60 to 30 all the time. It is like the worst experience as a gamer. It's horrendous. And obviously with the with the patch um, that, that brought things forward for Destiny, it's like you go from Warzone Destiny and it's like sharpness, sharpness. You just can't go back. Yeah. So if you're somebody who likes to enjoy like a the old games, if you if you like exploit game game pass to the 
to the best of its abilities and you, you play in like tons and tons of old games. And if they can bring this technology across the board and not just with a select few titles, then amazing, right? Because you're going to go back and it's going to feel like you're playing a game from 10 years ago that feels like it was made last year. Mm-hmm. And that is, that that's a crazy level of, of expertise, I'm sure, to get it to that level. The article mentions it's it's almost tricking the games, like the, the game itself thinks it's still running in, in its original form, but it's been brought up to like two or even four times higher with the 120s. That, that's crazy. I was going to say, how are they... Ugh, blows my mind how they're even doing this, to be honest. Yeah, because some games you go back to, like, do you ever have a game where you feel like really nostalgic about it and you go back to it, it might be like eight to ten years old, you play it and you think, um, oh, Clunky. I, I can't do this. You play for oh, about two minutes, you just turn it off. Like now, that wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. We, obviously, if they expand on, on just the titles that are, that are mentioned this far, but that is such a cool thought. Well, the game that, that jumps straight to my mind when you talk about that was Mass Effect 1. But That's I know exactly what I had in mind. Yeah, I know we're getting, uh, obviously we're getting the legendary or whatever uh, Legendary, called. no, you're right. Legendary yeah. edition. Um, but yeah. But yeah the, imagine the going back, one. man, like without that. And it, it, it just brings it up. Wow. Mate, I'd love it. I mean... Yeah, like we said, we're getting the Legacy Edition. A Legendary Edition. Why am I keep calling it Legacy? We're getting the Legendary Edition. So we're going to get the enjoyment of obviously all the enhancements. But if we didn't, and I was going back, hey, I struggle to play that game. When I think oh, I'll replay the trilogy, I don't really want to play one because of that. Even though I love the story, but it's just clunky and it doesn't feel right. But if, if with this thing, this um, new well, system in place, it's going to be incredible, man. Like you touched on, we can jump back to games and just... It's going to be such a different experience and we're going to be able to relive some of our old classics as a result. And I I love backwards compat anyway. I, th- I think we're all big fans of it. So this just enhances uh, enhan- enhances that for me. I mean, we go back to Gears still. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, we go back to Gears still and we play it and we just think, God, like, this is great. But but, <laughs> but we've, we've definitely gone too far over the hill now for it to be enjoyed as it was back then. Obviously, you still can't get rid of the horrendous idea to put that crazy camera shake in. Oh, but God, yeah. Just the way the game looks. like that. I even remember like to the day when we first started playing it, we, we thought it was the best thing ever from a visual perspective. It's absolutely terrible. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but back then, it was great. Yeah, but, yeah. but if they could ever like reach a point where the, the sort of... It didn't feel like you've been putting a time machine going back to play it. Then, yeah, no, that would be that would be so cool. <laughs> Any, it's, uh, it's finally given us the chance to, um, you know, experience what what a lot of PC gamers ha- have had for years, which is being able to play old games in you know playable resolutions and frame rates. Um, the, the fact that like, let's be honest, like Microsoft get a lot of crap, and they didn't have to do this. They've not had to do any of this. This mm. is just all. This isn't making the money, and like backwards compatibility is not making the money. It's probably just making developers pissed off more than anything because less people are, are likely to buy remasters because of it. So, from from a from a monetary standpoint, there's no reason for them to be doing this. It's purely based on on customer feedback and, and you know customer satisfaction. I think as much as people love to hate them. They they need to be you know applauded for it because they they took the L big big time in the in the, you know the beginning of the Xbox One era as we've you know spoke about a million times yeah. on, the, on the channel rightly so but yeah exactly but the 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 just constant constant feedback that they're taking into account is is really good it's it's good to see and 
I think uh, long may it continue. Really, the the Xbox One X, uh, the Xbox Series X, and the Xbox Series S have all been like really, really brilliantly built pieces of hardware, and uh, they, they've listened to customer feedback. Yeah, on the games front, they don't have that many exclusives, shall you say? But you know, does it really matter? Because most people play multi-platform games anyway. If you go and look at the figures, like you know, we've we've looked at it a million times. Most most of the best-selling games are multi-platform, and that's what most people care about. I think the internet's done a good job of, of um, telling everyone that Xbox is crap, and at the moment <laughs> it really isn't. You know, I think the PS5 is an amazing console as well, but the Series X and the PS5 are extremely closely matched, and both brilliant pieces of hardware this generation. So. See, it's not it's not going to be an interesting battle because Sony will blitz them in in all sales categories. I've got no doubt, but I think they've done a good service, you know, for gamers. And you know, they're not going to get back on top. You know, it's not going to be like three sixty days yeah. you know, where they were winning for five six years at the beginning of it. Obviously, you know, at the end, you know, the PS3 and and the we we as terrible <laughs> as that was was, yeah. the, was the king of Gen I was 7. everywhere, mate. Everyone yeah. had a bloody Everyone wee. Had wee bowling or yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Perks <laughs> loved that. I had the <laughs> wee bowling. Perks didn't play that. I'm sure you did with the footy lot back in the day. I think you hated it. I'm pretty sure you gave it a go and hated it. If I did, it was probably like a five second experience. I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm not playing this. This, this is shit. I, I didn't own one, I'll say that. I think though, when it comes to the Xbox side of things, like they have... I think they've gone and did a lot of goodwill now. Like, they've made a lot of good moves, um, consumer-friendly moves as well. I agree with you, Matt. The one thing, though, that is left for people to judge them on, I know you say people don't care as much about exclusives anymore, but I think that will be. Exclusive games will will get them over the hurdle yeah, of this meme that they're shit, um, yeah, in my opinion. Look, they've been buying studios for about five years now. Like They have to on. deliver something. Come on, like, yeah. I mean, if, if Halo's first showing there's anything to go by, then... Wow, they've they got a long just, way to go. That's what Microsoft do best. They just get out of their wallet and just go like, like that and just fucking throw it at something. <laughs> and then, you know, ten of, the, 10 of the studios will probably be crap, but 10 will probably make good games, and that's all right. It's yet to be seen if, if any of them pay off. But, you know, they've bought so many studios and they've pumped so much resources into making games. You know, a betting man would say at least five to 10 of those games are going to be, you know, AAA, you know, great exclusive titles. I'm still waiting for them to to deliver on these exclusives that we saw adverts for about ten years ago. I can't remember. Was it Horizon? They they said they wanted to make a in the job advert for the game. It was like must make a Horizon style game or something like, like that. Open world ago. Horizon. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I'm still waiting. Well, I, I was I was speaking to uh, to Sud about this off air. Rest and, in peace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> we were like. The Perfect Dark trailer, I was so disappointed when I saw that, you know, man. It's going off topic, but it's like, I that was the studio, the initiative, that was supposed to be making this AAA, as you've just alluded to, Horizon-style yeah, game. Oh, yeah, great, a new IP that we can get behind. And then it's like, oh, it's Perfect Dark. It's Perfect Dark. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I get that it's a beloved franchise, and it's easier for someone to go, right, you've got a brand name behind your project, but we've seen it doesn't really matter. Like, people are willing to get behind new IPs as long as they're quality. 
You know, mm-hmm. no no one sat there and said, I'm not going to play Horizon Zero Dawn because it, it doesn't say, you know, whatever, Perfect Dark <laughs> or, or SOCOM or whatever in front of the name. It, it doesn't make any sense to me that, that I'm hoping they do have some new IPs because that's what people are really craving. Like the, the IPs that Microsoft have got left have, have been dead in the water for a long time. The mm-hmm. only like big, massive IP they've still got left is Halo. And their intention seems to be to wreck that as well. So, you know, if by, by, the, by the time that Halo Infinite's out, if that's a failure, I mean, pretty much all of their big name IPs, have, they're still big names and they still sell Forza cells. It, it, it is a big IP, but it's like, it's just waning in popularity. Oh, they're so tired now, though, man. Like Forza, like we, we know what's happened with Gears and the, the first look of Infinite was was just diabolical. There's no surprise that got set back so far. They've they've needed something new for a long time now, and I don't mean new like new on Game Pass, new double A game, like a real big hitter, like whatever the next Halo is, whatever the next Gears of War is, like that's what's going to define them in in the not too distant future, really, as far as I'm concerned. Because look, the, these games and these studios, like whether it's the initiative with Perfect Dark, obviously that's not anything new, but it's sort of a rebirth of the franchise. The ones who actually come in with with the what would be like Horizon S games and the brand new games, the new IPs we've never seen before, if they all tank and if they're all like, yeah, you can take or leave it, uh, where do they go from there? Like mm-hmm. they've invested so much, so much time, so many years in that. If that doesn't come off, like what do you do then? They go more throw more money. <laughs> to take Game Pass multi-platform. Sell Bethesda to, to Google and. Everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I must admit when yeah, it'll it will come full circle. Yeah, they'll, sell, they'll sell Bethesda back to Stadia, and then in five years I'll be sitting here like with egg on my face, saying I apologize. Stadia <laughs> was, was the best, was the next best thing. Someone we'll tells be recording me recording this on Stadia. Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? oh my god that would be tells between the legs sort of thing but i think when it comes to yeah exclusives they have to really deliver don't they now um after making all these headways and buying and uh, um, acquiring studios and and building their portfolio studios and promising like it's coming don't worry the exclusive games we're gonna deliver on well we're getting to the point now where they're gonna actually have to back up their words with games that do deliver because when was the last what was the last good exclusive that you actually played from Xbox? What actually jumps out to you? Like a legit Something question. Like the Horizon games are the only ones, really. That's it. And that's only if you like racing. So, you know, if you don't, then you're stuffed. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, it's it's a real niche. It's weird, you know, that they're making a Fable game. But, you know, all the best. I like are, Fable. Uh, yeah, well, Playground are, are a great, great developer. So I'm hoping that they do Fable justice because... Forza, Forza Horizons are really, really solid series. Mm-hmm. They're, they're an established developer now, and they've got you know the might and the resources of Microsoft behind them. So I'm hoping that that Fable is, you know, what we hope it's going to be. Yeah. Well, see, when I think about the exclusives, the only one that jumps out to me that I think, oh, I, I enjoyed it. I guess I, I wasn't in love with it like I have been with PlayStation exclusives. But it was probably Gears Five. I think me and me and you played the campaign together, didn't we, Perks? We didn't like the open world aspects, but I thought it was a good game for what it was. Yeah, but like that, it's not that's groundbreaking. The problem for me, like Gears, is one of their AAA titles, right? And you you say like, oh, it was all right for what it was, 
Mm. Like that's how you describe a double A game. And I'm sure like I, I see this all the time with their conferences. They show these like crazy highlight reels of spinning through like loads of these games that will be available on Game Pass. Some of them look really, really good, but they're double A's. They're not console sellers. Like they don't define they don't define the brand. They're the games that back it up, right? And they're the, the like the quality of life features that we were talking about before with the enhancements to the system and, and the old, you know, backwards comp- compatibility games. All that stuff is great, but that's the stuff that goes with it. It's like, oh, we've got this game and they also do this. Mm-hmm. Over the last, like, well, good few years, they've been reliant on, look at this good stuff. And everyone goes, yeah, right, where, where are the AAA games? That's what's been missing. So that that's the big test for me going forward. Like, I'm more than happy to praise them because they have come a long way and done a lot of good stuff since the, the OG Xbox One reveal. But they still don't have the killer game they used to have back in the day. Yeah. yeah. And they need that. And they need 10 of them to catch up with what Sony have done in the last five years. Well, the easiest job in the world at the moment is to be an Xbox gamer because it doesn't really matter what you review it at any time. You just literally get your score and it's just that. <laughs> 6.5 every time. <laughs> Mate, easy work. You don't even have to play the games. Just put that in front of the screen. <laughs> that could just be your review. 6.5. It's painfully, but it's true though. It's just every game they release is just painfully mediocre. It's not atrocious. It's not great. It's just here and it's just depressing. It's like they need that like that one game to get people going, wow, mm. Xbox are a thing again. Or you know, I want to try that. And even if people get Game Pass to try it and or play it on their PC, it doesn't matter to Microsoft, you know, it's still making the money in it and it, you know, increases their sort of mindshare i guess of of gamers you know around the globe i mean sony have been killing it with exclusives for years and i've got no doubt that that will continue no doubt at all well i just go off like friends as well um obviously the p bros mentioned them on the podcast they've been on the podcast as well but talking to them like they're on the xbox side of things but they always talk about oh yeah i would like to get a playstation to play the exclusives they like spider-man they like look at spider-man and horizon and even god of war and then that's like, well, that's understandable. But what person is on the other side looking at an Xbox going, I really want to play Gears 5. Yeah, they are, man. I want to play Sea of Thieves. Sea of Piss, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to play State of Decay. Yeah, exactly. Like, like what's new? Sea of Piss. Sea of Piss. <laughs> Mate, that might be Sea of Piss now, but that wasn't on day one, 6.5. <laughs> <laughs> Zero on day one. Was <laughs> it sail, sail the sea simulator on day one? Wait, which one was it? You might you convinced Perks to play that on day one, even though he really didn't want to. <laughs> I, I had nothing to lose, right? I mean, it was yeah. it was free at the time, like the, the subscription <laughs> was there. But I, we used to go out all the time, like together, and we'd be, oh, you know, Perks, get it, get it. You got nothing to lose. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I remember saying so many times, you can see that is the worst game ever. There is nothing in it. <laughs> They have shown nothing to do. Sure enough, there was nothing to do. You you could play the the, the thing. Like I don't even know what they're called. The harmonicas or whatever it was. Oh yeah, the oh, <laughs> it's not Daniel a harmonica, Bryan. is it? Like yeah, what's the it called? It is. Cor- is it accordion? Accordion. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that's it. So that was great. What else did you do? To be fair. <laughs> The first half an hour, we were having a laugh with there, like you said, playing yeah, the accordion, yeah. Daniel Bryan's theme, and then after right. that, it's like, what's next? And then someone just starts playing it again. It's yeah. like, hey. 
it's like oh yeah nothing <laughs> yeah so yeah, there you go that's not gonna lose you right you're absolutely right if if we were all playstation mains and we'd been playing since ps3 ps4 ps5 and we were sitting there and we all had playstations we would not be sitting there and going oh that but that game looks good on, on Xbox. <laughs> yeah no you just wouldn't so now they're in that uh, they're in the time frame now they just have to deliver something surely are you confident yeah. they will that'll be the last question on it are you are you are you genuinely confident with the studios they purchased that they will deliver quality exclusive games i'll be honest i'm not because I feel like we've had the wall pulled over our eyes for quite some time now where it's just been the games are coming, the games are coming, the game, and every conference it's the same thing. Um, where is it? We're like four or five years down the line since we've been, been hearing that tagline. So I, I think you can build up too much of a too much expectation in people's minds and, and maybe like that's part of the consumer's problems as well. Like in, in my mind, whenever they deliver, it's going to be incredible. But when I actually sit back and look at it from the outside... Probably not. It's just been mm. coming for quite a long time. So the expectation is building and building and building. And like when you saw the first part of Infinite, that they basically had to say, hey, we need to stop and do this again. Like well, the quality wasn't there. So oh! obviously, no. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the quality not being there, <laughs> Matty's life stance just gives up halfway through. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Mate, that is staying in. So as you've seen with Matty's light, that's the perfect analogy for Xbox. They build you up and then they just let you down straight like that. And crush so, your head. <laughs> just completely kill your hopes and dreams. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to temper my expectations for now, even though I, I really wish I could be excited about it, but it's been too long. Yeah, it has been too long since they delivered. What about you, Matt? Are you hopeful of them delivering a quality exclusive game or games? Um, I, I guess so. It just as a, number, <laughs> as a numbers thing. As a numbers thing. Well, this is kind of how I feel because it's like I feel like the quality control at Microsoft is bad. Mm. I feel like the fact that they hyped up Halo Infinite, the fact that they used that as the game to show off the power of the Series X and showed that shows to me that there is a lot of clueless people at Microsoft in the in the, Q, the QA department and, uh, and and just you know it, there's the quality of games is not as high as should be expected with the money that they're pumping in so i have got every hope that, that, that you know there will be a couple of sort of golden eggs for them out of this sort of bunch but i do, I do you never know to be honest with them because Halo Infinite was in, has been in development for like five plus years and it looked like that. So I, I don't Worrying. know who's coming in and, and quality controlling these games. But I, I'm hoping that, you know, obtaining big names like Bethesda, Machine Games, all of the arcane studios, all of the sort of studios that come within that bracket that have had a track record of making good games, you know, that will continue. I hope that you know, that just seems the, the logical step, I guess, that, that that will continue. So I'm hoping for a lot of good things from Microsoft, but you can never really guarantee it, to be honest, at the moment. Yeah. Hope more than expectation by now. I, yeah. I think that's where I sit. I'm with my... I, I'm hoping for good games, and they have made positive strides, for sure, with consumers and stuff over the recent years, and I will give them that. So now let's just hope that they do deliver some good exclusive games 
I'll remain hopeful. We'll see how it plays out. And uh, if you are watching us on YouTube, please let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Give us a like and subscribe to the channel so that will help us to grow. If you're listening to us on any audio platform, leave us a nice review and pass on the pod also. And you can follow the Checkpoint Reach podcast on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pod. We've also got a new Discord. Uh, links are all in the description below if you want to join that. Build a bit of a community, play some games do whatever we fancy on that end of things because we do stream as well currently streaming tuesday wednesday and thursdays 11 p.m gmt with some football manager but that can change obviously with the community and play some games together so anyway um other than that you can follow me and the lads on social media where can people find you matt uh at matty cheatham on twitter love your stuff perky i'm at jg perks it's very much a graveyard account have fun Hey, that Send sells it. Yeah. <laughs> Send him abuse. Send abuse. No one will see it. <laughs> well, I'll see it. Send him abuse. Oh, yeah, you'll see it. I'll let him Send know. Send abuse, go ahead. Yeah, I'll let him know. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at LLDLEL3Ds, add 9DM for Instagram. But anyway, thanks for joining me, guys. Good to have you back, Perks. Good to be back. Yeah, man, it was good to have you back. And uh, hope to have you on future podcasts, but we'll see how it all plays out. But if you are listening to this, wherever you are in the world, have a good day or night, and uh, we'll be back again soon. Bye, guys. See you guys. Cheers.